The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? For it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, how can salt lose its taste? If we're thinking about the salt that we often uh, experience or use, um, you know, if salt loses its taste, it just becomes gravel, right? It's just a, a rock. And we wouldn't exactly put dirt on our food, right? It wouldn't taste very good, right? Uh, salt has a specific quality that, that we kind of need in our bodies, and so we kind of hunger and thirst for it um, and, and need it. Um, if we think about it kind of in, in that rock salt type of way, it doesn't quite make sense. And so there's a few different theories about kind of what exactly Jesus is talking about here. One of the, the theories, um, I'm not going to say that it's, you know, the absolute, uh, you know, clearest example of this. But one of the ideas is that possibly during the ancient times when Jesus, what Jesus is talking about is that one of the practices is getting salt into their diet uh, into different foods is they would actually take seaweed, uh, weeds that, you know, kind of grew and, and collected salt from that, and they would actually use that for often their seasoning of salt. Well, once the plant is kind of uh, seeped out of its seasoning, out of its salt, well, it's no longer useful because it no longer has any salt in it, so it'd be thrown out and trampled underfoot. That's one of the, the possibilities that Jesus and kind of puts a little bit more sense of like, oh, if it doesn't have salt anymore, yeah, it's useless. It can't be re-seasoned with salt. It's just thrown out and trampled underfoot. Well, for our own lives, uh, when we look at this, or, or uh, I want to go actually a little bit more into salt. Uh, in our experience of salt, often we don't experience it um, super important. You know, it's important, but... But it's not, you know, it's not something that we couldn't imagine our lives without salt because we can't even, ima- we can't even imagine our lives without salt. So it's, it's not something that we worry about, right? Um, it's not something that we, it's probably just something that we take for granted. Although if you bake or anything or if you cook, you realize how important salt is, right? I didn't realize this, but even uh, chocolate chip cookies need some salt in it or else they just don't quite taste right. You know, you think of chocolate chip cookies or other sweets, you know, they should have lots of sugar. But they also need salt in order to be able to taste right. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, my mom would have us cook a meal about one, me and my brothers and sister cook one meal a week. And of course, it was, yeah, our, our meal was meat, uh, potatoes, and vegetables. You know, that was what our meal was. And you could only do potatoes so many different ways. Well, my preference of potatoes was mashed potatoes. And so I would often cook mashed potatoes, you know, peel them, cut them up. Uh, And one of the things that I learned very early, which I didn't really understand, I don't exactly have the most discerning palate, 
Um, so I can't exactly tell the difference, but um, very important in my instruction in making mashed potatoes was you had to put some salt in the boiling water uh, when you put the potatoes in. Otherwise, you just can't ever quite salt the potatoes right after that. They need that salt at that right time, in that right place, in order for them to be seasoned correctly. We also look at another thing uh, that I'm sure all of us have had, maybe more, some some less, is French fries. And when you get French fries correctly, right, they're nice, they're crispy, they're also salted just the right amount, right? But if you get a French fry, that's not salted, it already goes down, but then a French fry that's already become like cold and soggy, and if it's not salty, like it's just not even worth eating, right? You're just like, oh, this is not worth it. This is not, this is, it might as well go in the garbage, right? Trampled on your foot, because it's just not what it was meant to be, right? It was meant to be crispy. It was meant to have a little bit of salt. It was meant to taste good and have a, a crunch to it. Well, I think similarly in our lives, we, uh, our lives need salt in it. Now, what kind of salt? Well, I think about the salt that gives purpose and meaning and worth to our life, right? There are lives that sometimes don't seem worth living, right? That just seem to be thrown uh, out and trampled underfoot. And I think it's a problem today more than ever. Even though that we've got more than we could ever want, sometimes we don't have the salt that really gives it that taste worth living. And so we see today more depression than ever before. More anxiety than ever before. More suicides than ever before. Why? Well, I think because we've lost the salt of our life, right? The salt that gives meaning and purpose and taste to our life. And what is that salt? Well, I would contend it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ who in Jesus Christ, we always have hope. We always have love. We always know that there's a purpose for something more. And that nothing, no matter how small, no matter how tragic, no matter how great of suffering, is meaningless, right? It always has meaning. Our life always has meaning in Jesus Christ. And so many people have lost any purpose and meaning in their life if it doesn't fit exactly with whatever worldly way that they want. Now, We've talked about this before. When we receive grace from God, it is for our salvation, but it's not for ourselves alone. It's also for those around us, right? God uses us as instruments in other people's lives. And similarly, for the salt of our life, hopefully the meaning and purpose that we receive from God is that actually it's not just for ourselves to be kept isolated for ourselves, but that we're actually meant to share the salt of our earth, right? To give taste, to give meaning and purpose worth living to the whole world, right? That as Christians, we're actually meant to give taste 
and meaning to the whole world and all that we do, right? To give football and sports their proper context in the midst of it all. Realizing that it's not everything, uh, but it also is something, right? And in the context of God, it's, it's good to have competitions and to use our bodies in what ways that he's made us to do in the proper context. And it gives greater, I think Christianity gives greater taste, greater meaning and purpose to all that we do in the proper ways. Now, St. Paul is, in the second reading, preaching this gospel of Jesus Christ. He, he's writing to the Corinthians here. And St. Paul is one of the greatest evangelizers of all time. Right? And he's writing to the Corinthians who he went earlier and evangelized and talked to. And he's explaining to them about really what he was trying to do. Now, St. Paul, we think of him as this very eloquent, amazing speaker. Because we're reading his words, and it's sometimes, you know, eloquent for the most part, or, you know, it, it has become scripture, and so his words were inspired by the Holy Spirit that he wrote, right? Uh, but from the accounts that we hear from other people and from himself, he actually seems like he was a really bad evangelizer. He was really bad with words. Uh, he was bald. He was bad looking. People didn't really like him, um, and so when he went and evangelized the Corinthians, he's explaining to them like, hey, I didn't come to you and I didn't have all these perfect persuasive words or words of wisdom that Greeks and other people who are trying to get them on board with their religion or with their understanding or philosophy of life. He's like, I didn't come to you with any of those things. I came to you instead with, with uh, weakness and fear and much trembling. Maybe we can identify with that a little bit, right? <laughs> Whenever we think about talking to somebody about uh, Jesus or, or just, you know, even trying to help other people, we're like, well, how am I supposed to help the person, right? I'm weak. Uh, I have fears. I have trembling. But St. Paul says that I went to you with those things. I didn't go to you with the perfect philosophy, the perfect words of, of comfort or of wisdom or a perfect philosophy of persuasion. Instead, I came to you with those things, but I came to you with those things. And very important, he came to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ. He came, he went to be with them so that he might know Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified. This is what gives meaning to our entire life. I was talking about where we can find meaning and purpose in any situation. Because we know that with Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that if Jesus can find meaning and purpose and actually save the whole world through the worst action in, the, in all of humanity, His suffering and death, uh, if He can find meaning and actually bring about the salvation of the whole world in that, we can find purpose and meaning in any point of our life. And it's actually that that is one of the most convincing messages and evangelizations in the Christian message. That it's not when someone is evangelized by that understanding of who Jesus Christ is and crucified, lived out in somebody's life, right? Where they see somebody suffering, but yet still able to live life to the full and find purpose and meaning in the midst of it all. That's one of the greatest evangelizers because it's not reliant on surface level uh, wisdom or persuasion, but is instead rooted in the power of God, right? And that I would hope 
that um, you're, you don't, uh, obviously you don't come because you were coming to church much longer than I came here, but that your uh, faith, right, isn't rooted in whether Father Samuel or whatever priest is up here has persuasive words of wisdom, but instead they're rooted in the power of God, in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it's in that that we're rooted. And so when we think about, you know, talking or evangelizing or purpose in our life, we don't need to have the perfect words when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we do need to know Jesus Christ crucified in order to be able to help share the salt of our life and give meaning and taste to other people's lives at all. Uh, Pope Benedict, uh, in one of the encyclicals, or maybe it was just one of his things, he said, you know, modern day people don't listen to uh, words or somebody's, or somebody's words. The only reason why they might listen to somebody's words is because they, um, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting this wrong, is because of their witness, right? The world doesn't listen to words or arguments. It listens to witnesses. And if they do listen to words, they listen to the words because they're given by a witness of somebody's life, right? You think about that in your life. What are the most convicting things about you in your practice of your faith? Is it some argument? Or is it some encounter with Jesus Christ and the sacraments? Or maybe it's some example of your parents, your godparents, a friend that you look up to in their practice of the faith. It's that witness. It's that they know Jesus Christ and him crucified and that that in itself preaches the gospel. Certainly they need to use words. We need to use words at certain times, but we need to first be witnesses and then use words, right? We can't use words without knowing Jesus Christ crucified. Now, with that being said, I think one of the greatest examples, which maybe we're not quite there yet, uh, but the greatest example of this taking place is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa knew Jesus Christ crucified. He knew, she knew Jesus Christ crucified because like the first reading, she fed the poor. She, she gave clothing uh, to the naked. She served Jesus Christ in all things and experienced great suffering, but also great prayer in the midst of it all. Right? She didn't have persuasive words or wisdom, and she herself would say that she was weak, right? She was trembling, right? She didn't know what to do exactly. She didn't, she didn't have the strength, you know, to be able to do it all. But you know what? People listened to her, right? Even without her persuasive words, when she spoke, leaders of the entire world, President Bill Clinton, listened to her words, because she knew Jesus Christ crucified. And she didn't have the perfect words, but because she knew who Jesus was and him crucified, the power of God was there. Now for ourselves, we need to know that. And we know that through the sacraments most especially, baptism, through the sacrament of reconciliation, right? Receiving the mercy of God, looking at him, face to face admitting our sins and then receiving the love and the mercy from him in the sacrament of the Eucharist not only here at mass but also the great gift that we have of perpetual adoration at our lady of lords 
To be able to kneel before the face of Jesus, to kneel before the presence of God and to sit in silence and to be with Jesus Christ crucified and to learn from him often in the midst of the suffering of silence, often in the midst of the mystery that he is. Let us not forget that the world needs Christianity more now than ever. The world is pretty bland and tasteless, unfortunately. As much as many things as there are out there, wow, how tasteless and bland it really is, right? It promises so many good things, but yet it's like a, a cold, wet, soggy French fry. You know, it just doesn't quite give it. And so may we be those witnesses that give taste and meaning and purpose to this world, Uh, by first living it out ourselves by knowing Jesus Christ crucified and live those words of Jesus Christ and St. Paul in our life.